0: This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to The Clay Young Show.
1: Ah, yeah. Episode 181 is back with you. The Clay Young Show on Podcast 225.com, iTunes, and the Talk 107.3 mobile app. What's going on, people? Fall weather is happening in South Louisiana right now. Just excited about that. And we have another good one in store for you today. It's informational and there's some inspiration behind the subject matter of our discussion today. And and that also includes the magnitude of our discussion matter today. We're going to be talking about a foundation that is an advocacy organization on behalf of families who are dealing with pancreatic cancer, people who have gone through it and some information to keep others from succumbing to this very deadly and horrible disease. It is the Elvin Howard Sr. Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Foundation, and two of the principals of that foundation are going to be here with me in studio to talk with you about how it got started and what it is doing and how you can get involved. In fact, as we... Do episode 181. We are a little over a week and a half ahead of their annual gala that's going to take place on Friday, November 9th at Crown Plaza in Baton Rouge. And you'll hear all the information about that as well as the history of this disease. It's pretty amazing because you hear about celebrities like in the case of Aretha Franklin or in, in the case of Joe Jackson, Michael Jackson's father, who succumbed from pancreatic cancer. And there isn't a whole lot known about it. And I think about it, you've heard about it. When you, when you hear someone has stage four pancreatic cancer, generally our mental association with that is that it is, it is horrible, that, that it's, 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 it's going to take them out, right? But there is so much more information that relates to this. And Veronica Howard is going to be with us here in, in studio as well as her mother Uh, Mrs. Elvin Howard Sr., Miss Bertha Howard, she's going to be with us to talk about it. Uh, Veronica is an attorney, and Mrs. Howard is a nurse. And so in the case of Mrs. Howard especially, she's got background on what happens with the body physiologically, and her perspective on this is one that I think we will find enlightening. So I'm looking forward to talking with them about that. And again, you'll be able to hear how you can get involved with this organization. And on the other side of that discussion, we'll have a few thoughts on the game happening in Baton Rouge this weekend between LSU and Alabama and some thoughts on a Netflix series that absolutely ruined a bunch of evenings for me because I was so upset after I watched it. Well, season two of that show hit a couple of weeks ago, and I've got a few thoughts on that and let you know about the podcast about that show that's coming up. And that's going to be after our interview. So we'll take a quick break and then come back and talk about the gala benefiting the Elvin Howard Sr. Pancreatic Cancer Advocacy Foundation. That discussion is next.
0: Promote your business or organization on podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550.
2: This is Dr. Mary Catherine Rodri, and I'm
0: Katie Fetzer. We're the owners and co-founders of The Wellness Studio, a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington.
2: We are also your hosts for The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com.
0: Our podcast is a journey into the world of mental health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions. We're
2: also going to shed light on the various ways our listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com, iTunes, and the Talk 107.3 mobile app.
1: With a couple of the representatives of the Elvin Howard Senior Pancreatic Pancreatic Cancer Advocacy Foundation—a mouthful to say, but it's a—it's a very, very important cause. Veronica V, as she is affectionately known, and Miss Bertha are here with me in, in studio, and this foundation is hosting a gala next week as we record here, and we'll get into that in just a minute. But first up, how are y'all?
3: Good morning. Good morning, we're doing well. We're doing great.
1: So let's talk a little bit about why the foundation was created.
3: Well, being a nurse, Mm -hmm. I worked in the field for many years. Right. took care of many uh, patients Mm -hmm. uh, who uh, had pancreatic cancer. Yeah. And it never, I mean it affected me because sure. I saw the devastating effect it had on uh, the clients. Yeah. But it never really affected me as it did when my husband was right. diagnosed with uh, pancreatic cancer. And it affected me uh, more when Dr. Bostic came in and announced to my family that my husband had pancreatic cancer. yeah, And I saw the uh, look on my family's face when yeah. I realized they did not have a clue right. what we were about to go through.
1: And you had perspective on it because you are a nurse, you had an understanding right. of what that process was going to exactly.
3: be. Exactly. And so when he announced that, immediately my heart dropped. Yeah. And my husband looked around and said, "What? You know, because he saw my face." He's Did like, he have
1: an idea? He
3: had no clue. Okay. Uh, my two children were in the room. Mm-hmm. They had no clue mm-hmm. what pancreatic cancer was yeah. or what it meant. Right. What we were about to go through. And so, to the doctor, it meant go home and get your business straight. Right. And you know, they had no clue yeah. what it
1: meant. How long ago was that?
3: That was in 2007. Uh, yeah, 2007. Okay, so when over 10 diagnosed. years ago mm-hmm. when
1: he was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. So what was that first conversation like when you had to explain to everyone, or did, did you do it or did you have the doctor explain to everyone what, what was about to happen? I'll allow the doctor to do Okay, it yeah, it, because it, it probably is easier for him to get through it a little more emotionless because doctors, they have a way of, of telling you what's going on without you know, getting caught up in the emotion of it. What yeah. was that like?
3: I was too emotionally yeah. Yeah. Um, hurt to, yeah. to, to do that. And, you know, even after they did it, they still was kind of uh, clueless yeah. as to what was about to go down.
1: Well, Veronica, why was that? You, were, well, you uh, and Elvin, Elvin Jr. I'm sure uh, you know were getting the perspective on this, and right. and and you both professional. Elvin Jr. is a member of the Baton Rouge Police Department. You're an attorney, mm-hmm. and so you were dealing with high stress, high pressure situations right. in your regular professional lives. But this had to be totally different,
2: right? Um, I, it, was, it was definitely different, and um, we we really didn't have a clue uh, as to what all uh, pancreatic cancer in in, encountered, what mm-hmm. what what you would encounter when mm-hmm. you have that diagnosis. So it was very, very surreal, mm-hmm. I think, to hear things like um, six, to eight, six, six months to live and yeah. go home and get your affairs in order and those type of things. But I'd have to uh, shout out and uh, acknowledge Dr. Bostick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just so happened that Dr. Bostick had gone through this because his mother, about six, eight months prior to our uh, dad's diagnosis, died of pancreatic cancer. Wow. So he had a personal perspective, not only as a physician, but also as a family member of someone caring caring for someone who had pancreatic cancer. So
1: recently to what y'all were going through.
2: Exactly, exactly. So even though he uh, did not take away our hope,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: you know, he said that there was hope out there, but he also, was very clear about the realities of this particular diagnosis. Uh, He really wasn't able to, he did say that it had metastasized at the time and that it was fourth uh, stage pancreatic cancer Mm -hmm. because I think it had already spread to his liver at that Mm time, Um, uh, but in that surgery wasn't an option, that uh, they were gonna try the standard protocol, which is chemo Mm -hmm. and uh, radiation. And so that's uh, what we went through after that.
1: Once you have had that... Com- I'm sorry, you were going to say something? Yes. Mm-hmm.
3: I think it's important to understand, though, that prior to this diagnosis, he had been ill. Mm-hmm. And the symptoms uh, prior to did not uh, indicate yeah. uh, in terms of... of
1: what it what, was. What it was. Yeah.
3: Uh, he had... Uh, he had uh, the pain. Mm-hmm. He had uh, weight loss. Yeah. Uh, prior to uh, you know months coming up to that, I noticed that he was getting really tired. Yeah. You know, there were some changes. Uh, he had been going to his doctor regularly. Mm-hmm. He had been eating correctly. He, yeah. he used to take bowls of salad to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was walking, he was doing all the things that he was supposed to lay uh, I mm-hmm. had been, you know, the correct things that yeah. he should have been doing. Yeah. Um, then all of a sudden, I noticed, you know, I kept thinking, something needs to be, something is happening here, you know, as a nurse. Yeah. Um, I was working where I didn't notice, but then I had a procedure where I stopped and I looked at whether it's actually going on because in the beginning I, it, men tend to overlook and I'm not <laughs> saying
1: no that's, that's kind of true
3: I'm not saying
1: we will wait till the last <laughs> minute in many cases unless <laughs> we can't get up we kind of keep going through I it I yeah
3: and well, I kept saying honey something is wrong you need to go I'm like no 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 so um, I, we have a, um, a doctor in the family and I kept saying you need to check on your uncle you need to check on your uncle and so it got to the point where I just pushed him yeah Into going to the doctor. And once he got there, he he called me up and said, Look, Unk's sugar is 600, above 600. That's his (laughs) fasting blood sugar. And that's, uh, we thought, okay, he has diabetes. Yeah. Because he has a history of diabetes in the family. Right. Uh, Okay, that's dangerous. Yeah. So for several weeks, we went through that um, training. Mm-hmm. You know, We had a, um, an educator who taught him all the things that he needed to know about diabetes.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, that was wasting time. We didn't know.
1: How long was that? How long was that period?
3: Uh, maybe about, I would guess, maybe about a month to okay. six weeks. Yeah. We did this, and one day as he was taking me to my doctor's appointment, yeah, I looked at it, at him. We got out in the sunshine, and I said, "Oh, honey, you jaundice." Well, that's yellow of the other sure. skin. Yeah, and he he didn't he didn't have a clue what I was talking about then. It was yeah. like, "What's jaundice?" Yeah, and I had to put my hand out and say, "Look at your hand, and look at my hand. This is what your hand should look like. This is what it looks like." So again, his our family doctor had to jump on and say hey get this blood work done get this blood work." Yeah. it wasn't his primary physician who did this this was somebody else yeah so what i'm saying to you is that you as a family member have to be proactive yeah you have to recognize your body, yeah. you have to know your signs and you have to know your symptoms. You have to say, "My there's pain in my gut yeah. that won't go away. I'm losing weight too fast. These are signs and symptoms that usually your primary physician will overlook and yeah. attribute, it, attribute it to something else. Mm-hmm. They will say, you know, your sugar's up, you got diabetes. Yeah. Well, according to statistics, if you get Diabetes after you are 45 years old or something along those lines, um, uh, if you, you know, have pain that's constant, then, you know, your uh, primary physician should be looking for something else. Right, right. So oftentimes they won't.
1: They'll just... If you don't say anything, especially about
0: it,
3: well,
1: go ahead, go ahead.
2: And I think that that is you're talking about. Why is it that we're doing this? Mm-hmm. That is, I think, the crux of why we're, we're doing this, because the the um, key to beating this disease is early detection. Yeah. But if you don't know what you're looking for, you can always be in stage. Well, four.
1: that's what I was going to ask. Mm-hmm. What What's a description of early detection?
2: Uh, well, the uh, many people have, they've been researching this a while, and some of the things that uh, that we have, and we have it listed in our brochure, uh, upper abdominal pain that may extend to the lower back. So mm-hmm. if you have having pain in your midsection, uh, weight loss, a sudden loss of appetite. I mean, we're talking about quick weight loss. Mm-hmm. You know, we always want to lose that five pounds, <laughs> that ten pounds. But if you especially if, with
1: Thanksgiving coming, exactly.
2: Up. <laughs> but if you if you are if you have uh, like t- twenty pounds yeah. at, and, and it, it, unexplained, okay, well you're walking, but really yeah, twenty pounds.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, jaundice. Mom talked about mm-hmm. that. Uh, it's severe itching, uh, vomiting, nausea. These are all early signs. Late stage di- uh, diagnosis of diabetes those are all early stage um, symptoms that you can look for where you could say well doc let's let's do a little more Uh and and then the thing is right now the only time the only way they could really find the pancreatic cancer is if they do um, what is it an MRI x-rays and so forth Right. yeah Yeah. so which is not necessarily cheap you know that's not something that you know you you just do a blood test Uh and, and you can see it uh, so you got your. You have to have a doctor that's uh, listening to you. You have to be proactive and make sure that your doctor listens
1: to you. Well, you know, one of the things, and I I, I kind of was kind of thinking about this and I wanted to mention it to y'all when it, as it relates to pancreatic cancer, there is such a large amount of information out now about colon cancer and breast cancer because mm-hmm. they have become a nationally discussed form of cancer. I mean, for everything from pro sports to Hollywood makes recognition of of breast cancer awareness, which I think we all agree is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And you're hearing more about colon cancer and talking about men going and getting their prostate exams for prostate cancer. Right. As it relates to this, I do think the messaging has lagged behind some. And this is such an aggressive form of cancer, but I don't think that people hear about it enough to consider it in the way that they would in the case of a woman getting an exam, or in a man getting, getting a prostate Exam. So where do you grade that now? And how much more could that assist the general public if we talked about it more?
2: Okay. And I think that you you hit the nail on the head. And that's one of the things uh, one of our advisory board members talk about the most. And he mm-hmm. said that 20, 30, 40 years ago, Breast cancer was in this same position. Absolutely. And what was it that made the difference? It was advocates, mm-hmm. just like this mm-hmm. foundation. Right. So putting it out there, putting uh, the message out there, pushing it. We have a mortality rate, five-year mortality rate right now of somewhere between 6 and 8% depends on who you look at. We're talking about five years, Man. 6 are eight percent, which is which is just horrible. Yeah. But at one time, breast cancer was in that same Absolutely. spot. Absolutely. Colon mm-hmm. cancer was in that same spot, but it was advocates. Uh, like this foundation where uh, it became a norm and it was almost like now everyone is telling you you better go get your breast exam yeah. your annual, yeah. annual brec- breast exam. Yeah. He even spoke about the fact that I think it was about a year ago some of the physicians pushed back and were saying that um oh you can have your breast exam every 2 years. Oh the advocates got <laughs> right up in force yeah. and you know mm-hmm. it went back to annual. Yeah. Yeah. So it you know it's just it's about the advocacy, it's about us getting an awareness and, and getting it out there. And uh, when 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 um, when we understand that pancreatic cancer can be treated and looked at just like these other cancers, mm-hmm. and it, it's not necessarily, it does not have to be a death sentence that we can make
1: a difference. One of the things that I think is important, uh, particularly for African American men because of all of the the health risks that are out there, whether it's hereditary or environmental, is an annual exam. It's just going once a year to just have everything looked at so there is a running documented account of what's happening with you inwardly that you may not be able to see. As a nurse, I'm sure you agree that that's something that everybody should do, right?
3: That's something that everybody should do But that is something, um, in terms of pancreatic cancer, there is no test Mm. that the physician is going to do on you that's going to look at your pancreas. Okay. Uh, So oftentimes when one uh, is found to have pancreatic cancer it's by incident or accident. Uh, They are looking for something else and they do an x-ray or something And oops, oh there's a little spot. Yeah. And so if they find it early like that, then they are able to maybe treat it. They may be able to do a surgery or Mm -hmm. or something of that sort. And then there is a higher incident of survival. Yeah. But other than that, there is no test, yeah. and oftentimes when they find it, it is much, much too late. And so the survival rate is, you know, maybe a few months.
2: And to piggyback <clears> off <throat> of that, or what your what your initial question is, that's also why it's important that doctors also are educated as to what to look for. Okay. You know, because they can come in for your annual exam, but if they're not looking for it, they're not going to find it.
1: Right. Remember,
2: Wh- my father went to his annual. Sure. Mm-hmm.
1: What would they be looking for?
2: those signs and symptoms that we talked about earlier, just listening to the patient mm-hmm. and saying, okay, well, you know, Mr. So-and-so, I noticed last time you were here, you weighed blah, 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 but now you weigh this. You know, what else is going on with you? And then there's the combination of symptoms that we spoke about earlier that really in, in, in indicates that maybe we should be looking a little further.
3: But I think that the uh, one of the key things that we talked about, if we can get physicians and healthcare providers more educated right. about pancreatic cancer, more aware that, and especially in, in our um, African American community, we are high risk. Yeah. And so, if one comes into your office and they're complaining, they're complaining. Think about it. Yeah. And look into the to the fact that hey, this person is you know 70 years old or 60 years old, yeah. and all of a sudden. They're having these symptoms. Yeah. Hey, something else must be going on. I was recently on a trip, uh, and I came across this person. I was just talking about uh, the event that's coming up. Yeah. And I met this guy, and he's 70, and he's about mid-70. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me, well, Miss Howard, you know what? I'm having all these symptoms. And his wife said, well, yeah, he's lost, he's lost weight. He said, yeah, I've lost about you know, 30 pounds, 40 pounds over the last. And he was describing the pain. Wow. The, the weight that he's lost. And he said, and he was hurting at the time. yeah. And also, um, some wow. of the same symptoms that I was talking about, he was having, he said, I can't wait till I get back to bad news. He said, I'm going to my straight to my doctor. So, and another thing which was which stood out for me He had just been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer over the last three years. He was 17. Diabetes. I mean diabetes, I'm sorry. um, Over the last three years. And he had been being treated with diabetes over the last three years. And I'm like, that is something. We had just recently had a symposium, which we have symposium twice a year. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's one of the things that uh, Dr. Vostick always emphasized if one is diagnosed with diabetes that late really
1: there's something else wrong something
3: else you need to really look at it and I, and I emphasize to him you need to go back yeah and say something to yeah. your physician before because, it's too late before it's too late because yeah. if you don't push it they're just gonna continue to treat you For and not. before you know it they're gonna say hey you, you have pancreatic cancer Go home and get your business straight.
1: This is almost always the case, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you very rarely hear of cases where someone says they found out they had it or someone had it and they caught it, quote unquote, early. Almost always it's the discovery of what's going on and it's really too late to do anything about it.
3: They are treating patients with all other, all kinds of other things. Diagnoses. Diagnoses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, And it's too late.
1: Well let's talk a little bit about the work the foundation has done and then we can we can get to the to the gala that's coming up a week from Friday as we sit here today.
2: Uh, well we we do there are several things that are a part of our, our mission and that is to reduce pancreatic cancer deaths and family hardship by supporting research. Mm-hmm. Uh, primarily, and it's directly related to what we talked about earlier regarding you know the the other cancers out there like breasts and mm-hmm. colon and all. It's research, yeah. finding those early detection markers. What can be an early detection protocol to yeah. change the, the protocol for it? Also supporting uh, pancreatic cancer survivors and those that are going through pancreatic cancer right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we find once we find out that someone has pancreatic cancer, we reach out to them. We offer our assistance, uh, whether that is by uh, pointing out. Uh, uh, physicians, whether that's by uh, just general support, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, the the disease itself is devastating, and and to know the um to to know what the outcome might be is devastating for so so many families and. Uh, it, to be honest with you, it could just take the fight out of you. Yeah. And just, just that general support. Look, I've been there, I know what you're going through. What can we do to help? Uh, is, it goes a long way. Um, then, of course, we can't forget about those caregivers and, and those family members that are supporting the, the person with pancreatic yeah. cancer, yeah. Um, because they're going through it too. So th- that's primarily what we do. We support um, awareness, mm-hmm. first and foremost, because it, again, Early detection is the key. We support research because with research, we have those, uh, we can uh, maybe, they can develop a early detection protocol and then uh, supporting pancreatic cancer patients, survivors, and their families and caregivers.
1: We do,
3: excuse me, we do the awareness. We uh, have done a symposium. We we do try to do two a year. We do the uh, spring symposium and... We do one in the fall, yeah, and they've been very successful. And we find that when we do those symposium, we find a lot of people there are asking a lot of questions, sure, and we're able to share a lot of information.
1: You know, I was uh, I was about to say that I was I was looking at statistics about pancreatic cancer, and the American Cancer Society says just looking at the stats that in in 2018, about 55,000 people, 29,000 men, 26,000 women will be diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. About 44,300 people will die from said diagnosis. I mean, that is an astonishingly high number. Right, exactly. When you think about that many people, and, and after having spoken to you and in, even in previous conversations, it makes you wonder what percentage of those numbers would survive if they catch it early enough. Right. So let's talk a little bit about that, because I want to do that before we move on to the gala, because I'm sure for people listening who've not experienced this, it sounds like something that is without hope.
0: Mm-hmm
1: when you catch it early what will just describe to me what catching it early means and how it impacts the impact on you
2: Well, I think that, I I wish uh, Dr. Bostic was here to help us with that question.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He'll get his chance. (laughs) Yes,
2: he will. Um, But I think that one of the things is stage one or two, there's the whipple surgery that Mm -hmm. that they can have, and that is to remove the pancreatic, the actual uh, cancerous cell. Yeah. And uh, if they are able to remove the actual cancer, then um, the chances of survival are much greater. Um, And you know, that's when you have your four-year survivors, your five-year survivors and more. They're in, They're 20-year survivors mm-hmm. of pancreatic cancer. They're 25-year. So it's possible, wow. you know, when you're able to get that surgery and get that cancer removed, that then they can follow you with other protocols and uh, other medicines in order for to, to increase your survival rate. Uh, so that's how, that's uh, how that works. Anything else Mm -hmm. that I'm thinking? That's that's exactly how it Mm
1: works. Let's talk about the gala that's taking place. This is the second, second annual, uh, version of that. Correct. So what, what's, uh, let's talk about that.
2: Um, on next Friday, um, November 9th, 2018 at seven o'clock in the, um, in the evening, we will be having our second annual pancreatic cancer uh, fundraiser. Um, many don't know today is the first day, November 1st. Yep. November is pancreatic cancer awareness month mm-hmm. throughout the nation and the world. Yep. And so we chose, we always choose the second to check uh, second Friday as our uh, fundraiser to raise money to do these things that we've been talking about for the mm-hmm. last um, 20 or 30 minutes. And so um, on next Friday at the Crown Plaza. Uh, at 7 o'clock. And that's November having, 9th, depending right.
1: on when you're listening to this. So because people listen to the podcast at, at different times, it's posted before then, but that is Friday, November 9th.
2: Correct. At 7 o'clock, Crown Plaza in the Executive Suites. Mm-hmm. If you go in, you'll be able to find us. You'll see a lot of purple out there. <laughs> right. And uh, come out and join us. The tickets are only $50 a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have tables for $500 mm-hmm. uh, that we still have available. and uh, But you better go get it fast because we are filling up.
1: And it's a chance to... And I always tell people when it comes to any gala or banquet of this sort, it's a donation, it's a fundraiser, uh, it, isn't, it isn't an evening of entertainment. Mm-hmm. It really is, you're, you're buying a ticket basically to support the cause, and because of that donation, you're gonna get fed. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. so I mean, just cut right to the chase, and the, so that this is something that's very important. It has either affected every person by relative, or by someone they know who's gone through it, Yeah. You know, and and even at the furthest extension is uh, someone we see on television like Aretha Franklin, right? Mm-hmm. Who Joe passed Jackson. away, and we were talking about Joe Jackson mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. and and watch what happened with them. So let's talk about the at the event. There's there gonna be, uh, there's going to be an auction option, at the event. Yeah, yeah. bring yeah.
3: some extra money. For
1: that. <laughs> bring bring some extra money for the auction. <laughs> right. I happen we, to know one of the auction items will not only be great for the donation, but you'll get your belly extra filled with that one. So oh, uh, mm-hmm. and then there. Some other things going on there, but we go ahead. Have
3: a, we have a really nice one. We have one from uh, Ken and Neil, Rayfin Neil,
2: Rayfin huh? Neil, a signed guitar.
1: Yeah, from Rafe from the Neil family. Yeah, the Neil the family. family. Yeah. Yes. We were talking about that last week.
2: Yeah, it's really nice. It's the brand new guitar uh, that that he signed, and he's gonna we're gonna have there uh, available for auction. So we're gonna have silent auction items mm-hmm. available. Uh, we're gonna have we're going to honor. Uh, Four, uh, I'm sorry, three gentlemen whose uh, family have gone through this fight as our profile encourage awardees. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I will mention them. We have uh, Mr. Uh, Toussaint, who was one of the first um gentleman we encountered with pancreatic cancer who supported us he spoke at our very first symposium Uh, he will be honored at this event at the time he was a a three-year survivor of pancreatic cancer we will be honoring reverend michael wright out of abbeville he also um, uh, had pancreatic cancer and um uh went to see the lord just a couple of months ago but uh he he and his family uh support our our efforts and uh, want to bring awareness to this dreaded disease and last but not least of course is dr um mallory callahan uh, senior out of covington louisiana Mm -hmm. he's the former state president of the louisiana home and foreign missions convention yeah uh, known throughout the state the united states and beyond Uh, and he uh Will also be honored on that day as a profile encourage awardee, and this is not a memorial service. This sure, is not no. a sad event, no. but this is to highlight their fight. Because when they got that diagnosis, it wasn't okay. Go home and get ready to die. When they got the diagnosis, they said, "Okay, this is a time for us to fight. Let us come together. We don't have to. Uh, we don't have to to take this as a um, as as a as a." Uh, as a reason to be sad and to right. mourn, but we're going to take this as a as a uh, as a um, battling call yeah. to to go out to fight, to make other people aware, to uh, bring attention to this dreaded disease and they use their diagnosis as a means to get the word out
1: to others. Kind of what the Coleman Foundation does for breast cancer. Exactly. It's the same thing <laughs> if they and it it isn't it isn't a somber occasion when they call people together for the different things that they do it's a chance to celebrate survivors and support those who have had a member of their family succumb to it and i think what you're talking about is the, is the same thing and mm-hmm. at the ve- at the very minimum for me it is a way for someone to say they did something to help the cause. Absolutely. At exactly. the very minimum. Yeah. So how can people learn more about the foundation? Let's give out some contact information and how can they buy tickets?
2: Okay. Okay. Very good. We we are definitely out there uh, in the World Wide Web. We have a website. You can find our website at www.elvinhowardseniorpcaf. We... Uh, 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 we usually say just PCAF.
1: My father
2: <laughs> loved cows and he raised cows. And I think it was just... It's See, just, that's, I
1: used to do that, that Do that when I was taking exams. What? I should have thought about that when I kept trying to find the website. I kept getting the letters wrong. PCAF. That's what I should have done. Yeah, that's right. Okay.
2: P-C-A-F. PCAF. <laughs> Elvin Howard Sr. <Senior> PCAF.
1: <laughs> and I, as org. you said,
2: that's right. That's right. You were uh, talking about how long it was. This is our way of shortening. Elvin Howard Sr. Yeah. Uh, on the World Wide Web. We're also on Facebook. Mm -hmm. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Please get on, like us, uh, look for us uh, out there, and um, support
1: us. Yeah, fantastic cause. And again, the event is something you can say you were a part of this year where you, you did something for someone else, and that is always a very good thing. Well thank you' all for coming in mm-hmm. I'd have to say people listening uh, listening to the podcast what you don't know is how phenomenally quiet your children have been <laughs> all the while we've been here doing the show you told them to keep it quiet and they did
2: well we sometimes they obey sometimes
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you, ladies. You're welcome. This is Jeff Leduff, retired chief of police for the city of Baton Rouge. I'm Kelly Leduff, co-owner of Open Eyes Safety Training and
2: Consulting. Open Eyes is focused on providing quality safety solutions that give businesses and employees the skill set needed to recognize and react to dangerous situations.
0: On a daily basis, we hear yet another story of workplace violence or active shooter. Open Eyes offers a unique approach to keeping you and your businesses safe through site analysis, technology recommendations, policy review, and employee training.
2: To set up a consultation for your business, call us today at 225-313-9713 or visit us at our website at OpenEyeSafetyTraining.com.
0: We say keep open eyes because 10% of our population cause 90% of our problems. See them before they see you. Executone of Louisiana has been helping businesses in Ruth save money on their telecommunications for the 40 years. Executone will help businesses upgrade their phones, their intercom system, save money, and never have to worry about local customer support. Doctors' offices, hospitals, schools, businesses, it doesn't matter. All kind have depended on the good people at Executone to upgrade tech Technology and save money. I have a question for you. Do you like saving money? Sure, of course you do. Here's another one. Do you want to keep the most up to date phone and intercom technology while saving money? That's what it's all about. That's a no-brainer. Don't get sucked in by out-of-town companies who are not here if you need technical support. Executone has been here, and they believe in the value of customer service, baby. Oh, take my word for it. Give them a call at 225-295-3500. That's 295-3500. Oh, look them up. tone dot com. Executone of Louisiana. They still here, and they're gonna continue to give you great service.
1: I hope you got some information from that that you can use, and hopefully, for some of you out there who want to get involved, you could buy a ticket to the gala, or you can just make a donation to this foundation and the cause that they're doing. I've learned as as I've kind of helped them out and worked with them a little bit, I've learned a lot more about what this disease does, not only to the, the individual, but the impact it has on families of those going through it. And it, it affects all people, people of all races, both genders. It's it's really horrible. And hopefully this work being done by foundations like this one and others can get the word out even more to where we can get people checked out earlier to keep them from having to succumb to pancreatic cancer. All right. So on Netflix last year, actually a year before last, the show Making a Murderer debuted, and it was the story of Stephen Avery, a guy who lived in Wisconsin, a little town called Manitowoc, Wisconsin. And he was being freed after serving 18 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit only to be convicted of another crime that many people have doubts about many people including me have doubts about whether he did he committed this actually my my suspicion is that he did not based upon what i saw and we waited a couple of years to get to season 2 and if you haven't watched it, you really should watch season two of this show. It is going to definitely anger you. And the sleaziest person that I think I've ever seen in criminal justice is the former DA on that show. I mean, because of the nature of the discussion we just had, I'm going to keep this one on the highest level, okay? I I didn't even plan on digging way down into my feelings about that, mostly because we're talking about this, this gala that's being put on by this great organization. I will just tell you, if you haven't watched Making a Murderer, watch the first season and then watch the second season and make it up for yourself. But we are going to have a discussion about that with a mental health professional and a former law enforcement officer. And I cannot wait to have that discussion. It's going to happen sometime in the next couple of weeks. Looking forward to that. Listen, if you can, uh, if you find a social media post about the show, like and share, as the saying goes, you can follow me on Twitter at ClayYoungBR, on Facebook forward slash Clay young, on Instagram, Clay underscore YoungBR, like the pictures, and get the word out about the show and specifically about this great, great foundation. And if you can, come to the event. If you can't make the event, make them a donation. Help out this great cause by this very reputable organization. All right, until episode 182, catch you next time. Y'all have a great one. And go Tigers. Oh, Oh, stop, stop, stop. I forgot to talk about that. LSU and Alabama are playing this weekend in Baton Rouge as the show is on now, and let's face it, Alabama is by far the best team in the country. But they're going to be in Tiger Stadium on a Saturday night where anything can happen, and I give the Tigers a punching chance to beat Alabama. Imagine, if you will, LSU being down by 10 points or less at halftime when Devin White comes out for the second half. That's going to be pretty amazing. And if LSU is up on Alabama when Devin White comes out in the second half, that stadium is going to be rocking. It's going to be absolute electric in that building for that game. I'm actually going to be at that game, and I I think it's going to be wonderful. So I'll be able to report back to you on what happened in the stadium, and hopefully it's a win for the Tigers. So – Go Tigers, and while I'm at it, go Jags as well. Love what Dawson is doing over there on the bluff. Keep it up. And even the Saints down yonder in New Orleans are looking like a Super Bowl contender. So I guess if you're a fan of Louisiana football, you're having a pretty good year. Can't say the same about people who are fans of the 49ers. Again, I could use words to describe it, but we're keeping on the high level of the show this week. So now we can crank up that music. (laughs)
0: See you next time. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.